G'day Sports by Fry fans, thank you for tuning in to another episode of the Sports by Fry podcast, a long-awaited chat with J-Lo. I've been teasing this for about a week now, but finally he and I sat down now. He addresses it at the start of the podcast, it's definitely my fault uh, that this one's not going up till Wednesday, but we did unpack a lot of basketball and AFL fantasy stuff, talked about kind of the big teams in each conference, West and East, went for about 15 minutes with each of them, some players that interest us from a fantasy perspective. There's still like two months to go for the fantasy season starts, but we'll definitely be talking more about that throughout the coming weeks. I've got a couple of other podcasts planned in the near future. Fantasy Friday will come out on Friday, and then I'm going to do a bit of an article recap for some of the pieces that I got posted uh, over the weekend slash early next week. Uh, also, someone did ask this question at what Jake and I said at the end of the podcast, uh, it's chip your windy, so just to clarify that, but he didn't come here to listen to that, he came to listen to the podcast, so let's dive into today's episode. Here we go, we're back, finally <coughs> the boys are back in the studio, uh, first podcast of 2021, first one in six plus months, but finally <laughs> Jacob's back on the airwaves. How you going JLo? Just, just FYI, I've been begging to do this like almost every week, and it's Fry who said, "Oh yeah, yeah, all right." So don't blame me. But yeah, I've back. been. I first podcast of the year went out well, four or five days ago, touching on uh, James Harden going to the Nets. But I've definitely been the one dropping the ball. But ball dropped. Like I said, we're back. Speaking of uh, ball, we've been watching some this morning. Light schedule this week. We were talking about our fantasy teams, and there's two games on two days, and the rest of it. Days it seems like there's full slate, so very random. But we just got w- done watching the Nuggies cruise to a win. Easy. We're going to basically dive talking a little bit about the West, and then jump into the East. So we're going to start with the West. Obviously, we'll stick with the Nuggies. Uh, they've got off to an interesting start. Mm-hmm. Much needed win today. Nikola Jokic uh, did what he wanted, and they I think they're up by like a dozen by halftime. Some like, yeah, about that, yeah, yeah. But they've been in some close losses. Their defense is still. Looked iffy throughout the year, but how have you rated the Nugs' start to the season? As a Denver fan yourself, we both went into the year pretty confident, but where do you think they sit now? Yeah, I think they're going all right. Um, Jokic has looked amazing, which is awesome. Like this time last year, people were sort of like, what's up with Jokic? So it's nice that that's not a problem. Murray's banged up. He's got the bad uh, shooting elbow, I think. I yeah. think it's his shooting elbow. That and sounds about right. He said it's really affecting him at um, the free throw line, and obviously if it's affecting him there everywhere else. So he's banged up. Michael Porter Jr.'s had the COVID protocol. and Yeah, that was he's been out for, what, like seven games now? Something like that. It's, it's, it's a big felt, loss. It's felt like a long time for me. Um, so I think him coming back, I think close losses for the Nuggets is good. Our offense, I think, might be the best in the league. Um, so that just all points to good things. The defense will shore up over the year. I'm not too worried, um, particularly because the rest of the NBA is like really quite flat. At it's the so tight between yeah. like... I mean, I think the Cavs technically are still holding a playoff season yeah. at the moment. So don't worry, Cleveland fans. We'll get to uh, talking about them, I promise. But oh, no. Yeah, not too much. Now, the Nuggets have the third best offense at the there moment, which is pretty good. Looking really good. And their defense is 25th, just based on efficiency. Yes. And the, but that's kind of been... Their biggest issue, I guess, for a number of years now. I don't, they haven't looked as bad as some of the box scores have shown. I yeah. mean, like, oh, they gave up like 120, the Kings mm. or whatever. But yeah, offense on the general is up for the majority of the league. Uh, one bloke that steers a lot of offense is Steph Curry. Yep. 
I'll be honest, I thought once Clay went down, I was like, nah, draw a line through the Warriors. Like, I don't even reckon they'll contend for a playoff spot. I reckon they'll be shit. But yeah. They're above 500. They're just sitting in the seventh seat at the moment out west. Do you reckon Golden State is a playoff team or not? Nah? Yeah, I think so with Curry. Like you said, it, they, uh, Curry will need to average 35 for them to sort of like be good and he kind of is we saw it in the wins certainly yeah um, so I can't remember he, exactly but I think he was averaging like when he averaged 35 yeah. plus the Warriors were it was 5 and 2 or something no I they, think it was in the wins he was averaging 35 plus and in the losses he was like 12 oh that's right he was about, yeah 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 so I think if he can keep doing that which he, he Steph Curry definitely can and the rest of the system works like Steve Kerr's a great coach I think they I think they might just hold on to a playoff spot. The West is really hard to pick at the moment. but Yeah, there's a lot of teams, like, again, we've said, are fluctuating in that bottom kind of tier. The Pelicans are one that, I mean, they're only, what, one or two games out of 500? They lost, they lost again today, But they're though. sitting at five and eight now after losing to the mm-hmm. Jazz. What's your thoughts on what New Orleans is building? Because I kind of liked their team on paper, but yeah. it hasn't really... I mean, I know that they've still got a lot of young pieces, but they haven't really clicked and meshed... I thought you could have penciled them in for a playoff spot. Mm. Again, the West is pretty rough, but yeah, I didn't think that the Pels would get off to a slow start. I really expected them to kind of come out of the gates. Well, young team, Zion's in, only in his like 35th NBA game right now, sort of roughly. Ballpark, don't don't yeah. quote me on it, but you know, like he's really young. I'm going to check. I reckon you'd be pretty um, pretty close to bang yeah, on. Yeah, maybe 40. He's, he's in it like very young and you've sort of got a new coach, new systems. They've been a little bit like Denver in the... Lonzo Ball's been out, and they've just had haven't had any consistency to start the year. Once Ball's back, I think they'll start to roll. I pretty much he's back this. He was back today, so I think yeah, they'll start the to roll now. Get used to Stephen Adams in there. He's a great player. I actually think they're really solid. I expect them to sort of be maybe even like pushing six and fifth, six, fifth or sixth seed yep. by the end of the year. Um, I think I'm pretty high on them, particularly of what Bi and um, Lonzo uh, Ingram looks Zion wicked right now, and Zion looks. If we had have uh, done the podcast uh, probably a day or two earlier, was before Zion played his 35th game, he would have been exactly on the money. Oh. He's played 36 career games, so I'm there pretty, you go. Well, today he plays 36. Yeah, so, so that's as go. good as a dub. I'm pretty happy with that. Um, useless sports by Fry stats time. Did you know that Zion has scored all of his points this year in the paint? Or at the free throw line. I only knew that because I read the notes before the first, <laughs> but that's like uh, not surprising actually. He's only taken seven shots outside of the paint as well, but he doesn't missed all to. of them. But actually, I think slight technicality. When I was looking at ESPN, he hit one from like the double block. Might have oh. been counted as outside the paint, oh, okay. but he's scoring like. 60% shooting like 60% at the rim like he probably jumped from outside the yeah, and so that's it. where it counts true so, yeah yeah I think I'm a bit concerned to see how that Adams and Zion thing meshes I yeah, need yeah. why you need another big dude next to him because Zion doesn't look like a great rebounder again he's 30 games into he's his career 8 yeah but you feel like your big men you kind of want to get closer to 10 and I guess if you put that next to Adams and he probably is averaging 10 but Adams is pretty limited offensively doesn't give him a lot of space. If they had like a, I don't know, like I a disagree. Sergio Barker type who can kind of stretch the floor, I feel like that would be a better fit with Zion. I totally disagree because I think Stephen Adams is a, a fantastic passer, like underrated. He's he actually he's one of the guys that I'm kind of like I can't like Sabonis, Mason Plumlee is really good at it. Now he's starting, and like th- there's a few guys who are all like great passers at the center. That sort of you don't see all the time. He's one of them, and I reckon like 
he'll keep them moving. Like, I think he had triple-double earlier. He did, yeah. That's yeah. a good point. Yep. <clears throat> I think he's actually will open them up. He'll sort of play that high block, and Zion will dominate that low. And then in comes he comes in for the offensive rebound. I think it's money. Hopefully the Pels... just needs now. consistency and a bit of time. That's yeah, he, again, 36 games into his career, so Zion will uh, mesh, like, chemistry-wise with the rest and of what, the boys. Like 13 games of them. They, have, they haven't played a game all together yet. Like, that's my thing. They yeah. haven't all been together. For Stephen Adams, regular stint of time. Stephen Adams, even, I think, has missed a bit of time. Alexander Walker looks pretty good. Yeah, like, I think they're fine. I think they're good. All right, let's turn our attention towards the top of the West. Top two teams reside in LA at the moment, which no one is really surprised by. But Gundy ahead, who would you pick out of these two teams to finish with a better record? There at the moment, it's eleven and four for the Lakers and ten and four for the Clips. The Lakers have the the shiny lights, so like it's the who. What's that saying about like when you play? There's a team you play and you like get blinded by the like the color of their uniform. I think it was on yeah, like, okay. On Entourage or something like, and that that's the Lakers. They've got LeBron James and they've got the big stars. The stars like the, there's just pressure when you play LA or the Lakers and the Clippers are just still that bummy team that's never made a West Finals. Even though they've got great players, I think both teams could win it all this year. But I think the Lakers easily will finish with the best record in the West. I think they'll finish like eight to ten games ahead. Just because of that simple fact, like that they're just flashy. So what's it? A seventy-two game oh, sorry. season. Okay, forget. So, yeah, yeah, just keep that in mind. I still think it's still not, maybe eight ahead. It's not impossible for them. I've, I always try to refer back to a little bit to winning percentage. Mm-hmm. And if you're averaging like low seventies to high seventies, that's like a top four seed for your conference. Just to put it into context. But I wouldn't be surprised if the Lakers won like fifty-five games this year and went to like eighty percent. Like really, yeah. just kind of. Not blew away the what the Bucks did last year. I think so too. Yeah, I think they'll finish easily with the best. It'll be interesting to see uh, which team will last longer in the playoffs. Obviously, the Clippers had a bit of a meltdown. Utah, the third team in the West, they didn't have a meltdown in the playoffs last year. Donnie Mitchell did everything he could to try and drag them over the line. But they're only one game behind LA at the moment. They picked up another W, so actually that'll put them half a game behind, technically, once these standings update. But... What do you reckon of the Jazz? I expected them to kind of be in this position. I'll be honest, probably like a bottom mm. playoff team. But they're clicking. They're looking good. They've got that continuity, which I think is really going to matter this year. We've talked about it a little bit. Like it will, I reckon it will shine through and help teams like Denver. Milwaukee went through a bit of change. But like the guys that have stuck together for a couple of years. Utah have done that. They've re-signed Gobert. Are you big on uh, the Jazz holding down a top or close to a top seed in the West? Yeah, I think they could even push for that second seed um, because I think they're just like a good, uh, what's the word, system basketball team. And that's going to help this year of all years. I was listening to Nikola Jokic talk to the Game Time crew about um, this season and like picking up easy wins when teams have like crew out on COVID protocols. And like you saw that the Nuggets beat up on, um, well, they nearly didn't beat them because of, Tyrese Maxey, oh, but right, they yeah. beat up on an Embiid and Tobias Harris and Ben Simmons-less 76ers, yeah. and I think he said it's just like the teams that are like disciplined and stick together will be alright. You've got to remember that Gobert and Don Mitchell have already had COVID. Like a yeah, lot that's of a point, Utah actually. have already had COVID, so like actually they're probably like at less of a risk of losing guys to it. Mm. I just think that they'll cruise through the regular season. I think they'll probably get 
potentially bounce in the first round of the playoffs. But yeah, I, think... I feel like they're still just not good enough to consistently oh, yeah, like, win series. You look at the other blokes on their list, like Royce O'Neal, they're just not there. But those two, the top two that they have and the system that they have, and like this, they've sort of got depth. I, I don't know. But Quinn Snyder's an excellent coach. I think they'll kill the regular season, but n- not do that well in the playoffs. Wouldn't be surprising to uh, see that happen. Like I said, I think depth and having like guys stay together for a number of years will really matter this year. Big time. Uh, Houston Rockets don't have a lot of uh, continuity at the moment. They've gone uh, undergone a lot of roster changes in the last, uh, really even dating back to the off-season when they pulled the trigger on trading for John Wall. Now their starting five is very, very different. They're, if the draft lottery is today, they'd have the fourth pick, which is very handy for them because their pick is top four projected going to OKC in that uh, Chris Paul Westbrook deal. So it's going to start to matter, like the real, like, the differences between finishing the top six or the bottom six or whatever for teams who have these picks, the Rockets, Thunder, Clippers are involved, obviously, but they're not going to slip. But Houston, four and eight, do you think that they could win a few more games? James is gone, Victor's there. On paper, they got an all right starting five, but they don't really have a lot of things going for them outside of that. Do you think that they're going to... They're destined to finish in the bottom, like, five or six teams. Mate, it's so hard. I'm just looking at the standings, uh, as, well, we both are, and I, every team, that, except OKC, you're like, oh, they could push for the playoffs, The right? West is fucking oh, and Minnes- loaded, Minnesota, eh? like, obviously, shithouse. But other than that, every other team could make it. And so I'm like, and Houston could, like, they've got the players on paper. You kind of expect them to fall out, but you, you wouldn't think they'd have a bottom four record in the NBA. Sounds crazy to say out loud, but that's where they sit at the moment. Christian Wood has been dominating. Looks like a most improved candidate. Do you think that, like... I mean, Victor Oladipo has talked about wanting out of Indiana for a while. And there's mm. still... He's a free agent in the, going into the summer. So there's a lot of talk of him going to Miami or, like, somewhere else. But, I mean, he looked really good for the Rockets in his mm-hmm. debut. There's no reason why he can't string some consistency together with like John Wall, Christian Woods, pretty good like three dudes. PJ then, Tucker's no yeah, scrub. And Eric Gordon's good, like uh do they still have a, oh no, not Austin Rivers anymore. Who do they have? No, he's Daniel a Nick House. Now. I actually think oh, I think they might push the playoffs. Right, well, all right, let's poison the it, it all depends on a rookie coach, Stephen Siles. It's true. Right? Yeah. Like I think that's probably if good indicator. Like, and if he gets them they probably deserves uh, coach of the year. Yeah. Um, Put it this oh, way then, would, hard, do you reckon yeah. if you were running the Rockets, would you rather see them push and try and make the playoffs given the roster they've got, or would they be better off trying to gun for a top four pick? Because if they finish like, even if you go for the playoffs and they finish like 10th or whatever, that pick's gone, from what I understand. So do you reckon they're better off just trying to, not bottom out, but for lack of a better term, because they don't really have a lot, like I said, of depth. But if you get another like top four pick this year... John Wall has a year to get healthy. Let's remember Victor Oladipo tore his quad not that long ago. I feel like that would be the route I'd be trying to steer Houston down. I Playing think... some of the dudes with, it, with less experience. Let Christian Wood have his all-star campaign. Is Daryl Morey still the GM? Man? Nah, he's in Philly now. Who is the GM there? Uh, you don't I know. Forget. It doesn't matter. It's, it's some, someone inconsequential. You know what? If I was the GM, I would be on the phone to like their... World's or at least the America's leading epidemiologist, and yeah. just be like, "What do you think is happening with COVID?" Because if COVID stays rampant, <laughs> I, I'm sad that we've gone to COVID. But if that stays rampant, like 
rampant? rampant 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 i think yeah yeah i think if that stays like like goes off in the u.s for the whole season you're just like anyone can win it again like doesn't sound is, like the united states are handling that situation very uh, well. i mean i so don't know so oh man that's a line ball i don't have an answer i see what you're saying i think maybe just load up for one year and go for it like, i feel like given the dudes i mentioned at the top of their roster they'll probably be too good to like bottom out so exactly yeah i can see the appeal of it, but and, if i well, i would have tried to like steal up this year because i think they still can the trade deadlines in like march i would flip oladipo if he doesn't look like, oh, yeah, we're going who's for their, it. Who's their centre? Christian Wood, maybe. Yeah, okay. Is he playing centre? I Man, think so, yeah. Because I would go PJ Tucker, probably. I would go for it, especially with their list depth. So there you go. There's my answer. That was long-winded, but... Championship odds, uh, let's talk about going for it, have dramatically dropped for the Brooklyn Nets. We're switching conferences now. Uh, the other team involved in the big blockbuster from about a week ago... Kyrie Irving's apparently coming back on Wednesday. The Nets have the fifth best record in the East at the moment, but we've said through, what, 15 or 16 games, some things are uh, inconsequential. But I really love what Brooklyn's done and gone out and got James Harden. If you have a chance to go and get a superstar like hmm. that, you just do it. And MVP. They actually looked really good together, the two of them playing without Kyrie. So there's some people that have concerns about that. But I think like Kyrie's shown before, he's a weird and strange cat. But when it comes to basketball, if they're like gunning for a title, if he's on the court, it's a dramatic, huge boost for the team that he is on. That was a tongue twister. But yeah. The Nets, what do you think of Brooklyn? Uh, I didn't like them coming into the season just because I hate um, Kyrie Irving as a player, more or less. Like, But like he's unreal. I just don't think he's like a bloke who can carry a team to a chip. And I didn't think KD was one. But you put these three together like... Yeah, I, I think they're probably... I think they might win it. This Are they year. the favourites in the East now, or do you still probably oh, peg man. the Bucks a little bit above them? <clears throat> Boston's playing weirdly well, Boston's too, got like, the best record in the uh, conference, mind you. Yeah, Without Tatum, we'll get to them. But. I think, um, yeah, I, I think they might not win the like the standings. They might just spend this The regular time, season? Yeah, kind of yeah. the way that the, um, the Heat did it you know, in 2010 or 11, like the first year. They just took a while to get chugging, 2011. Yeah, maybe like, that sounds familiar, like Indiana yeah. was the top seed or something, one of those like... Yeah, the year they lost, teams. they took a while to get going, but then they ended up with a wicked record. Yeah. I think they'll take a while, especially with the the three that they've got. They're, like, they're sort of friends and stuff, but they're... The playing styles don't mesh the way. Well, their usage rate is stuff. all like huge for those three. They're all yeah. used to having the ball in their hands. I think when it comes to those three, the biggest thing will be how they handle like closing situations. If someone gets shitty without losing touches, but I no. agree. Again, I don't think it matters. I think like Kevin Durant is the biggest like bucket in the league. So he'll probably just dominate a lot of that. But we've seen like Kyrie can play off ball. You mean closing situations? Yeah, what did I say? Oh, I just am clarifying. No, I yeah, think yeah. I think what, what you'll find is they'll all take an equal amount of shots in the closing time. It doesn't matter because what, what, what it'll be is like, they're like, well, we've got three guys who can probably hit this shot. Like where they're elite bucket getters. Mm-hmm. Literally three elite, elite bucket getters. Maybe the three best in the I league. I was just going to say, like, probably with them and like... Dame and Steph Curry, I reckon that's like the top five without too much thinking. Probably, Luka probably deserves a chat. But... Totally. No, I totally agree. So they've got three great shots. They're like, let's just see who gets the best shot at the time. Bang. And like, they're going to be a problem in the playoffs. That's because of that. 
problem uh, in the playoffs for Milwaukee lately has been that they haven't been able to break through for a conference championship. They might have. Some people have said this year was their year, given they got Drew Holiday in the off season. Let's tangent into the Bucks. Uh, are you nine and five through far? Feel any different about Milwaukee? Uh, yeah, I think they'll probably fall in the uh, East Finals to probably Brooklyn or whoever they face. I th- they seem destined to win like a shitload of games through the regular season mm-hmm. again, but. Yeah, I don't know. With Giannis still just like missing a lot of free throws, that's what concerns me. I understand, like, say whatever you want about him shooting and making threes, but like the inability to make free throws down the stretch, like, I don't know off the top of my head if it has literally cost them a game, but I feel like it wouldn't over a seven game series. You know, you drop one or two of those games because Giannis can't get a couple of free throws, Mm. you get bounced. So, yeah, I had a lot of faith in the Bucks probably this time last year, to like win it all and maybe mm. string together a couple. But yeah. they might miss out unless they kind of capture lightning in a bottle and like their shooters get hot. Middleton averages like 30. They could be uh, one of the teams that, yeah, really just like re- misses the championship window. I just think with Giannis a, a little bit, he's probably going to be the similar to Dirk in the way like kind of has to mature and really figure out his game. And then he'll win. Well, Dirk only broke through once, but I think you know he was sort of later into his career. Mm. Sort of, I think Giannis will be the same. I think he'll probably he's only twenty six as well. Yeah, so I think in like in about three or four years' time, he'll break through and then probably get a few more. Yeah. I think he'll finish with a couple, but I think Giannis is just got to go totally, through his lumps type of thing. He's just got to master his game yeah. the way that like Tim Duncan sort of did it. Duncan was different, obviously, but the well, way Dirk LeBron did. lost the finals and like struggled to get Cleveland over the hump when he was probably in like a similar spot to where Giannis is now. Yeah. yeah. So, you know, and then he obviously went to Miami and talks a lot about how he like learned how to become a champion and a yeah. leader. So yeah, I can see the Bucks disappointing this year but yeah a couple of years from now they'll definitely be in the mix similar with the Boston Celtics their right. big three uh, with Jason Tatum Jalen Brown and uh, Marcus Smart <laughs> looking pretty good right now like I said they got the best record in the conference and they've been one of the teams most heavily hit with all these COVID cases and situations mm. so I wasn't in on the Celtics at the start of the season Kemba made his return uh, last game as well which I is worth pointing it. out okay. but yeah I was I thought it was a great idea to get rid of Gordon Hayward. I think that that just freed up Brown and Tatum to really be the two alphas of that team. And that's shown early on. But, yeah, I don't know how I feel about Boston as a legitimate championship threat. You've said that, obviously, you rate Brooklyn now. We've gone through Milwaukee. Do you reckon Boston could be the team that plays Brooklyn in the conference finals? And if they did, or say they made the conference finals, do you reckon they're good enough to get to the last dance? I think uh, Boston and... Brooklyn are the two best teams in the East. Yep. Um, I, I don't know if Boston makes the East Finals. Like I said, it de- sort of depends on seeding. Of course, yeah. yeah. Um, Painting a hypothetical. Yeah, but I think, yeah, they're, they're the two best teams. I don't think they'll probably meet in the East Finals. That'd be per- like a perfect That'd world. That would be a wicked matchup. Um, but yeah, I really love Tatum. I think Tatum's like a transcendent guy. Like a, a guy who's like, just like a Kobe or a, I think, I think he's in that mold, and it's something about him. And I think Jalen Brown. I always love guys who go to like schools that are for smart people, and like yeah. he's a smartish ish guy. I assume I don't know him, but yeah, he seems really with it. He seems cerebral and heady. I like the defense that Marcus Smart brings. I love Brad Stevens. I think they they could even get to the finals and lose. 
be interesting. Uh, I don't. Yeah, I just can't fully get behind them. But if we see more basketball of them, I might become a fan. They've got three great bucket getters again. Like mm. it, it's it's like trios this year by the looks, and like they've got three bucket getters and also some like elite defense. Like you sort of every year you're like, oh, they're going to be in the top couple of the defensive. Their rankings. ability and like, oh, it's not their ability. They're like how healthy. Uh, Kemba Walker is, I reckon, will kind of dictate how far mm. they go in the playoffs because he has been pretty banged up the last couple of years. Well, they're doing so. well when he's banged up, though. You just it's like... true, but I feel like they need him to kind of get over the hump. Maybe, but, yeah. The Seventy Sixers are the other team that's kind of <sighs> hanging in the top four. I don't. <laughs> just looking through again through the standings, there's not really many of the bottom half of the East that I want to talk about. So yeah. I reckon we'll stick near the top of the table. Sixers have the third best record at the moment. Don't buy them. another team has had some COVID issues. Embiid looks like a man possessed, mm. but I feel like they're just there to make up numbers. They'll probably <sighs> win 45 again. This is off the top of your head with regards to a 72-game season. But like 45 games, finish like 4th or 5th seed, maybe win a series, but that's about it. I got nothing to say about 76ers. I'm more interested on the crew sitting 4th. Well, let's um, tangent to the Pacers yeah, then. Yeah, I think the Pacers are the team in the East to like who could just do... Uh, who did I say could get... Oh, like Utah, just get the second yeah. seed and just surprise You did say everyone. this before the season tipped off. I'll oh, give you credit. You'd yeah. be big on... Uh, Indiana. I thought that they were honestly the winners of the James Harden trade by getting Levert because mm. Oladipo's a free agent. But yeah, it seems like uh, he's not going to be playing again. Well, he's out indefinitely. Yeah. Has a mass on his kidney that yeah. was uh, discovered during his physical. But from all the things I've kind of read from him, the paces and like all parties involved, it seems like he was, you know, he's pretty content with and like accepted it. Be like, right, oh, this happened. Like I found this. It's a you know wouldn't have happened if I didn't get traded. Yeah, so true. it's a bit of a blessing. But like I'm still, you know, ready to come back. We're just yeah. gonna play, see how this thing plays out. Do you reckon without? Because they've kind of just lost Oladipo, yeah. and now don't really have a star to fill the shoes. Because I reckon Levert is a borderline star. Yep. Um, do you reckon the Pacers can go the distance this year and do that, or are they more set up to make a serious run at it in 2022? That trade, I must admit, has sort of changed that the landscape for them a little bit. Because you're right, Oladipo. He's a twenty-five and five guy, and he's a, I, I really rate him. Good defender, like yeah. Obviously, something was wrong with him there in uh, Indiana, but I still really rated him. So I thought their starting lineup, Brogdon's elite. Especially, yeah, Demontis Sabonis has been like in the MVP discussion, and like Brogdon is like elite efficiency, you know. Yeah. And yeah, I totally am behind Sabonis. Miles Turner's playing like. Some of the best defense in the league right now. Um, so I still really rate them. And I still think they could do it this year. I don't like their winning credentials so much. But I, I like what TJ Warren brings. Like I don't think He's, he's even... also out yeah. with like a foot thing. I think it's similar to what happened to CJ McCollum. Um, oh, right. Okay. But yeah, he's out well, again indefinitely. But yeah. he should play again this year from That's what it. I believe. Like, so it's, it's tough to tell now that trade's gone down. But I still really like them. I think they'll... I still think they're better than um, Philly. So, I'm interested to see how they go. Uh, they've got a couple of interesting games coming up against the Toronto Raptors mm. uh, early next week. So oh, they're probably the only other team I want to talk about yeah. in the East. Uh, the Raptors are five and eight at the moment. They're on a three-game winning streak though. Really it was looking come. pretty dire after their first ten games. Yeah. You reckon? So they're only. I mean, oof. yeah, I'm not even going to say it. They're half a game out of eighth. So you know. They're not going to 
you know, rule any line through them at this point of the mm. season. How far do you reckon the Raptors can go though this year? Do you reckon they can crack through and make like get one of the last seeds in the East and then lose in the playoffs? Or do you reckon they could actually make some noise? Uh Man, that's a tough question. I don't know. I, I actually think that they they might be one of the teams that gets bounced in that like playoff game because seven and eight now. Oh, yeah. you've got to like defend your spot against nine and ten. Okay. So, I think if they were in a series playoff wise, they've got like the experience and enough like heady vets around to probably win one or two, upset someone. But losing. Who was it? Abaka and Gasol and replacing mm. him. I mean, Boucher looked wicked, but mm. replacing him with Alex Len, who they just waved. Yeah. And I can't even remember the other free agent. Yeah, neither. Uh, Aaron Baines. Oh, Bain. Like, getting those dudes, I'm just like, mm, yeah, I don't think that they really, like, are going to hold steady. I think they're definitely destined to slip a bit. Mm. Cole Lowry's a year older. Siakam hasn't looked great at all. Siakam's just like not a number one guy and that's why he was so good that year with Kawhi. Yeah. Like was okay last year because other guys stepped up. I, I still think the Raptors can be pretty solid. but um, and, and because they've got the veteran leadership, they've got steady three-point shooting and Nick Nurse is like seriously one of the best coaches in the league. Like I think... I think they'll sort of just hover. Um, they could make a bit of noise in the playoffs, like because you've kind of got two styles of basketball in the East at the moment. Like you've got system basketball, which could sort of win out in the playoffs against that sort of like three star, yeah, a couple two of stars. stars. So that's the only way I could see them doing anything. You, you really never know. Masai Ujiri is like an elite GM as well so you got to remember he might just swing something like you never know he's he's that elite that's true yeah so the, I, I wouldn't rule it out they, they don't have their home court though that's a bit weird so. yeah I don't know who, if that's in like any potential of them getting that back soon either so it seemed like they're yeah. going to be playing in Tampa for most of the season yeah uh, before we wrap up the NBA segment let's just quickly dive into some awards who's your MVP 15 to 18 games through the season LeBron yeah, yeah. Because he's, right. played, cause he's <laughs> played every he's played every game. Like Ant Davis has missed a bit. There's top of, the top of the league. Like, yep, LeBron. Do you reckon he, like, in his head's like, oh, it would be cool to snag a fifth MVP? No. Do you reckon, like, if he's in the mix, you'll go for it? No, I don't think he's. Don't think he gives a shit. I feel like he should get a fifth one, but probably won't this year. I don't know who could supersede him. It'll depend. Again, there's a, a lot of, there's a lot of people putting up numbers. It could be any of these guys at this point, really. Two blokes that I uh, had a cheeky wager on before the season started, Jokic and Durant. Mm-hmm. I like the looks of. Yep. Like I said, Embiid is playing well. Um, you've got to obviously keep Giannis and Luca in the mix. So there's only, yeah, 15 games in the books. So it'll be very interesting to see who tries to leapfrog the others. I did a uh, MVP ladder on sportsbyfry.com. LeBron was number one through that. So he'll obviously uh, try and win that out. But the Rookie of the Year race is the next one I want to talk about. Who's the front runner, do you think, for Roy? Oh, easily LaMelo. Um, and it's is sort it his of... to lose? Oh, absolutely. I just think like he's just going to have way more usage than any of the other guys, yeah. which like immediately puts him right up. Good defender too. Um, I think Edwards could probably... He'll storm home. I think that's... Yeah, okay. I, that's what I expect to happen. Like, you've got Halliburton who's playing really well, but he's not going to win it. Like, yeah, he would be my pick from like a, a basketball standpoint if that 
makes it any sense. It would be like but... Brogdon winning it that year. Yeah, like, that's oh, that's a fair call. Really? And um, I guess the other guys, Wiseman's still playing well. It's I feel just, like it's those four. Does he really? play enough with Wiseman? That's the question. Because like, he'll be potentially in a playoff team. Like, Probably won't put up enough numbers to be in the race. But that's the thing, might, I reckon. But if he starts to get the minutes yeah, in the true. back end, like, again, they, you sort of have that recency bias as well. So if players finish strong in the last 25 games, mm. that like, makes them... Like likely to win it. So Mark that's thinks only... Chris did break his leg for the Warriors like two weeks ago. Oh. So he, you know, they're thinner at centre. So it's not impo- impossible to see Wiseman getting more minutes as the season progresses. Mm. I think, given like Lamelo's already got a triple double, doesn't yeah, he? To his name, really he'll does. probably just have those numbers that everyone's like, oh, but he's averaging Flashy. like seven rebounds and six assists. He's throwing and those. He's lobs. always on house of highlights. Like, yeah, throwing I've the lobs of bridges. Spewing that I. Uh, went against picking him at the start of the year. But I think, yeah, you're right. It's his award to lose. Who did you pick at the start of the year? Halliburton. I thought he would... Did pro- you really? Yeah, I thought he would step into what the Kings have done and put money on him anyway. Jeez, well, pretty good effort. I would never have picked that. Yeah, I loved watching him in college. Sure, so, yeah, sure. big Tyrese Halliburton fan. Shout out. Yeah. Tangent to some AFL fantasy talk. Let's oh, be honest. Yeah. That's what everyone's here for. Here I know go. that we're... 57 days, 3 hours and 32 minutes away from the first lockout of the season. However, you uh, last night built your yep. first fantasy team of the season. Yep. Don't want to overindulge too early into the preseason, but I've also started to tinker with my team a bit. I think we'll just today talk about a couple of players, maybe even just some left-of-field ones that people aren't thinking about. Because everyone's got Tom Mitchell, everyone's got Matt Brow. Everyone's probably going to have Braden Proust in their second ruck slot or yeah. someone else. So whatever the whatever those three boys. Do yeah, everyone will have like the best rookies that get named for a name a round one debut. So who's uh, your first cab off the rank as a bloke that might not be under everyone's radar, but should definitely be in consideration. Uh, it's. Dom Sheed for me. Yeah, you've been yeah. big. I'm hoping you were going to use him first. All yeah. right, sell me on Dom Sheed. Because well, I have listened. Yep. I haven't bought, but I am intrigued. <laughs> well, I just think, I think he's going to get a ton of snaps in the midfield this year. I think it's going to be him and Tim Kelly mm-hmm. who attend the most centre bounces. Just with Shuey's weird sort of last few years, sort of getting a bit injury prone. He's older now. He's probably, what, 30, 31? I think he's in his thirties at least, yeah. And he's sort of Yoey's just been banged. He's like he's such a he has. Yeah. Well, Osiris pubis he had last year, didn't he? Some crazy whack stuff like that. So I'm kind of like I think it's going to be Dom Sheed logging tons of minutes in the middle, um, and I just think he's he's sort of entering that zone where he's going to start to be or hit his peak. Um, you know, he's hit probably around that 25 years old mark that we love. Yep, he's right in that zone. He turns yeah. 26 this year. He's a kicker. He started to get outside a bit more last year, and he and he finds tons of space. So I can see him sort of... The way Gaff racks up marks and kicks, I think he might do the same thing, particularly in West Coast system. So I'm liking him this, this season. In and the, he's getting forward to kick goals last In season. 2019, when they had full-length quarters, he actually averaged 95. Yep. So he's priced at 88. Same yep. price, almost identical to Yoey for what it's worth, but... Yep. Yeah, average 95 in that year. And I'm just looking through his box score now. Had two games over 130 yep. in that. A couple of other tons, some lulls in there that really dragged his average down. But I can see why you're big on Sheed. I had Tim Kelly last year, and I'm, I'm going to find it tough to pick an eagle straight mm. off the bat just because I want to see what it looks like with Shuey in there. Redden's getting older, so I don't expect him to do a ton. But 
Yeah, I can see the appeal mm-hmm. in uh, Dominic Sheed. Another, I'll go to my first bloke. He's a gun midfielder himself. Priced at 91 is Timmy Taranto. Now, he mm. wasn't exactly down last year, but he's a bloke that has, like, similar to Zorko, like the highest of highs and the lowest of lows. I remember yeah. the year he had 112, um, same year Dom dominated back in 2019. There was, like, two or three of his first games had, like, 140 or something. Yeah. I was like... Here we go. Let's do it. Then he had like a couple of 60s. I was like, nah, trade him. He's got to go. Like, <laughs> I remember that. But if you hold on to him, like like we said, like 140 plus 60 still equates to 100 average. Yeah. So, yeah, I think that he's going to be one that steps up in GWS's midfield. Uh, they've said that they're going to throw a couple of blokes around the board given mm-hmm. the off-season losses. So I wouldn't be surprised if he was one that was just like back into the guts. And even if he plays a bit more forward, like he's a tackling beast. Doesn't really kick a ton of snags, but he seems to get a lot of the pill no matter where he is. I, I, I really like that what you said. I think he'll him and Tim uh, not Tim Kelly, Josh Kelly. Yeah. Um, and that's the reason I'm going to start with Josh Kelly. I think they're the only two genuine like midfield locks, sort of like what I was talking about with Tim Kelly and Dom. Yeah. Um, I and I totally buy. I totally buy. I think Toronto will be unreal this year. Um. Like you said, everything you said is right. He I, was very... He's, he's definitely on my radar yeah. too. I'm just, it's just where you fit him in. His You've average slipped 20 slots. points between seasons. Like If you yeah. adjust his average from last year, mm-hmm. he was down 20. But he nearly got forward status. Apparently he was in like the low 30s and you need like 35% forward time to get forward status. Fifey was another one. Wouldn't expect that this year. But now nah, I reckon... And that's the thing. I'm like, well, either he plays that similar role... And if you can get Taranto as a forward, everyone would want that. Mm. And worst case scenario, like that's what happens and he gets forward status, I'm hoping. Or he's, again, locked in the midfield and he goes back to like 105, 110 average. Yeah, he, he's, he's one of those blokes you probably pick and just won't look at again yeah, for the rest of the horse. season. Yeah. Um, any others uh, up your sleeve? Well, uh, yeah, okay, I'll roll with the... I'm super high on Brandon Parfit this year. Yep. Um, I reckon he's, again, he's one of the only blokes I can see... Being like super consistent starting in the guts for Geelong. I think he's sort of primed. He's, he's like hitting that the right age where he's sort of got his head right. He understands the game, the pace. And I think Selwood's shipped out to the wing. I think Duncan's old. I think Menegol is a bit You reckon Selwood game. rolls out of the guts? He was playing on the wing all of last year, wasn't he? That, um, I'm pretty sure he, that he made that change last year. Like, I could be wrong. by fans... Uh, let me know if I'm wrong. Mm. I'm, I'm pretty certain he went to the wing and like sort of liked that a bit more. So he's out. Danger's out of the midfield or in and out. He's got this injury cloud. So I think Parfit is just one of those guys who's just going to absolutely lock in there. And just he's just value. I think he'll go up, you know, a couple, you know, even if it's 50 grand, and then I can launch just a summer leap if I want it. But I think he's just going to do a really good job. You kind of, then... kind of feel like he had his like breakout last year but for what it's worth I'm just looking through he actually only went up 10 points from his average the year prior and he's priced at 85 now so a couple bucks less than Dom Sheed but if he goes up to 100 that's you know a 15 point huge swing even if he's in the low or high 90s that's still enough to hold down a gig in your midfield. He's a bloody smooth mover, and you know he's wearing Jimmy Bartel's number three. Like he's he's obviously no scrub. They obviously believe in him, so I I, I believe in him too. I reckon he's gonna have a great season. I can I, see I him. Burn though, you know, it could be Seb yeah, Ross all over again. Oh god, I don't want to talk about Seb Ross. I was in such a good mood. Sorry. Um, 
This bloke is definitely left of field. My second guy, I've, I've hummed and hard over having him in my team too much already this offseason, but at the moment, sitting in my forward line is Jaden Stevenson. Now, let me reel off some digits for you. Yeah. He's priced at 61. These digits are important. I think, yeah. Um, I re- priced at 61. I reckon he can go 15 points better than that easily, like 75, 70-odd. Isn't a hard average to get. So there's an instant bit of value. Um, he's had... Two hundreds in the last six games he played back before he got that massive ban. He had like 111, 110. And I looked through them. A lot of them were fueled by a lot of marks as well. Like he wasn't kicking bags to get these big fantasy scores. Had some other like good digits in that year as well. And last year, obviously, he was all over the place, like in and out of the team. Goes to North Melbourne now. I haven't really heard or read anything about his role with North. But I feel like there's no way that he won't be playing as like a high half forward like being that link inside 50. He'll be times where he'll obviously be wanting to get on the scoreboard, but I really think he could push up and maybe even go to like a bit of a wing or have a pinch hit in the guts or somewhere around there. And if that's the case, like at 60, I'm like, oh, that's enough for me to like try and take a punt. Because best case scenario, he just pops and then they're like, oh, we're playing him in a wing and he has like 80, 85. Mm. I could see it happening. He's a talented footballer, like went through a lot of shit on and off the field during his time at Collingwood. And it seems like the blokes that left Collingwood kind of, well, not got blindsided, but for lack of a better term, they were a bit scorned. So I wouldn't be surprised if he came out going gangbusters uh, in 2021. I totally agree. Collingwood just seems like a bit of a turbulent place to sort of make your home. Like, a lot of eyes on you at Collingwood. Totally. And like, there's, yeah, I don't know, there's a certain type of crew. In Similar there. like you said a bit with yeah. playing the Lakers. Like, you know, they've got that, that, you know, they're the star little bit of the powerhouse though. club of the... The association. Yeah, there's a lot of strong opinions in the pies. Anyway, we won't get into yeah. the politics, but I totally agree that he he could sort of be that that guy who just finds your twenty a sort of twenty point the value equivalent of a yeah. twenty point increase over the well, he averaged, season. Yeah. Average eighty in a dozen games in that twenty nineteen season. So yeah. there's your twenty points. Yeah, he's a bloke I'll definitely start with as a value play, and just you know, it's one of those ones. It's limited downside because. If he's averaging sixty, you're like all right, well, it's I count him as a rookie almost. Yeah. You know? So I told I think he's going to be money in the bank. Have you got uh, one final one for the Sportsby fans? Uh, it's it's a it's a tough call. I I should just say I think Josh Rotham's going to have a good year. Yeah. Um, okay. For West Coast, but I'm I'm really interested in the idea of starting with Isaac Quainer, um, just because of the guys who've kind of gone out of Collingwood's midfield. Um, I sort of think he might start to push up up into that midfield a bit. I think that's kind of always been the plan for him. He had that weird quad injury last yeah, season. Yeah, that's right. Um, but seemed to come back all right. And I just think he's he's starting to enter. He's like just such a class. He's come through the academy. Like he's he's been around footy so much. He's a great he's, ball user. And yeah, and he just, he's one of the better movers in the league. I think he's sort of going to slide up into that midfield a bit. But also there's a gap. Like, you know, Howe's coming back. Um, there's just a lot of ball to be won in that, that Collingwood back line and potentially in the midfield. So I'll probably start with him in my back line, I think. He's averaged very similar to Stevenson. He's priced almost bang on like 61. Yeah. And av- it averaged that equated last year. But there was a 19 in there when he got hurt. Had a like 76 and an 84 in yeah. the last month of the season. And that's like shortened quarters. So that's like translates to nearly 100. So I could definitely see... I don't know if he will get the run like up through the wing and in the midfield but regardless I still think he'll just like 
dominate off their half-back line, be that like plus six link, hopefully push up a bit and sh- um, get a couple more mark kicks and things like that. But yeah, I've got my eyes on uh, a couple of other little cheapy or mid-price, lower-price defenders. These will be the last couple, I reckon. I was going to say, through. should we just go th- a couple of forwards, a couple of defenders who catch your eye? We'll keep it... Keeping with the uh, theme of a discounted-ish backman, Hayden Mm. Young from the Dockers is someone that probably most people know about. Number seven pick or eight pick, whatever he was, um, two years ago. Got injured with his ankle. He's priced at 44. He looked like he was just going to slot into that back line and be another like intercept defender, but it might be worth flagging this now. Luke Ryan, Hayden Young, Nathan Wilson is a bit of a similar type of player. And they just drafted Heath Chapman with their first pick, who looks exactly like all those four mm. dudes, like an in, intercept defender. So I just wonder if... They've always talked about putting him in the midfield. Yep. I just wonder if they accelerate that kind of development and try to give him some stints on the wing and things like that. Because there's a spot there for him. What do you think... This is a bit of a tangent. What do you think about Caleb Sarong? I think that if you're going to pick a Dockers midfielder, he's the one that you want to grab. I like the look of Brayshaw. I think he's a bit underrated. I don't think Cherry... Pretty overpriced, man. Yeah, I think, again, he had his kind of big coming out party last year. He's priced now at, what, 730, Mm. an average of 95. So I'm like, "Mm, it's a bit too rich for my blood. But Sarong's only priced at 83. Hmm. I'm like, "Mm, he could. I reckon he could just keep consistently putting that up. Because he had like... Didn't he have a couple of near hundreds? I think he did in well. Corona. Yeah. yeah, I did. I just wanted to. Do I won't dive through all the one, numbers, yeah. but yeah, I like the looks of Sarong. I think okay. the fantasy boys do their team by team preview, and they just ripped on the Dockers. They're like, "Ah, oh, there's not really anyone relevant," yeah, right. which is kind of true. Like you need to roll the dice to have the balls to pick some of these boys. But Fifey's one I like, but I think Sarong will really be the one that steps up this year. Okay, that's interesting. What about up forward? Who's the bloke you're locking in up forward? Just... I, at the moment, have, like most people, put Tom Phillips in like my second yep. spot or whatever. Same, but same. I did just write about Patrick Dangerfield yep. uh, for the Dream Team Talk Boys. And you kind of touched on it a bit with the Parfit Sitch. Don't really know what exact role he's going to play. Mm. The last like half a dozen games of the year, including finals, Danger had like his centre bounce attendances cut in half. Yeah. But he's like, no surprise, goals and goal assists and scoreboard impact all increased. So Geelong might want to just blood a lot of their young kids and put them through the midfield. Oh, like Narkel and Constable Parfit as well. He's relatively young. So Dangerfield's one that's sitting there at the moment, but he might uh, might get moved. Yeah, I think I'm going to lock in Zorko for the start. He's, All the, right. he's the, probably the one I... He's got a such a high ceiling, and I kind of expect him to sort of be the most consistent amongst those guys. I must admit, the forward line is, is so thin this year. Yeah. Is, we say that a lot of years, but... God. It's tough to find value. I mean, I've got yeah. Buddy sitting there at the moment, <laughs> but I really don't trust him to stay nah. healthy. So before we uh, wrap up this segment of the pod, let's go through the rucks just quickly. Oof. Max Gorn is head and shoulders like above everyone price-wise, but there's no guarantees that Brody Grundy or Raleigh O'Brien or someone like that won't just contend and put up yeah. similar digits. Um, I'll get it up to find exactly the price difference. There's 70, 80 grand between Gorn and Grundy. Raleigh O'Brien's about 30 grand cheaper than Grundy. So those are your big three. Are you probably deterring or like steering towards picking one of those blokes, do you reckon, in your ruck line? I'm, a, I'm almost a little bit tempted to take two guys who are below. You know, like sort two of... Two value players type well, of thing. Not value, but like just 
this is off the top of my head, like a Rowan Marshall and a Nick Nat. Yeah. So I can sort of deal with the upgrade later in the season. Just because you don't know what you're getting from Grundy a little bit after last year. Gorn's getting older and you just, you never know. So I, I wouldn't mind just waiting and maybe making those guys the, the two that I upgrade yeah, later. Right. Especially if I feel like I can only sort of miss out on say, 15 or 30 combined points a game if I'm taking a Lysett and a Rowan Marshall or something like that. If you're going to go down that path, I reckon... Well, Braden Proust is the one that everyone's got discounted put yeah. in there at the moment. He's mm. priced at 50, uh, 370... Or break-even of 50, sorry. But he averaged 60 last year, and that was uh, a little bit wishy-washy. But Jared Witts is someone to maybe keep your yeah, eye on. Yeah, he's someone I've thought of. He's yeah. uh, sitting priced at 80. And Sam Draper, the bomber who... Was like in and out oh, towards yeah. the late part of last year. I liked him, actually. He's someone who could also get a gig. He might be the one that replaces Pruce in my ruck spot if I do go okay. down that path because he's priced at sixty odd. But he had some massive. I'll get it up. Had some massive numbers in the um, sand, uh, the VFL. But then also like as he came into Essendon's team late last year, he was no scrub. That's for sure. Yeah. Yeah. He had a couple of stinkers like a 40, 44 and twenty three in his last couple, but. There's a 79 in there, which counts nearly as a Corona ball ton. So I wouldn't be surprised if Draper... Because Bell Chambers retired yeah. as well, remember? I wouldn't be surprised if Essendon just... He played eight games last year. I reckon he'd double that this year. And he could be a big uh, moneymaker. For sure. I think I'll still probably stay away from those top two, in all honesty. But I think, I, yeah, I wouldn't Grundy's mind. the bloke I've got in at the moment. For yeah, the I'm thinking guys who I'm, I might not look for a money play in the ruck slots these year, this year. Especially because you've only got that one bench slot. I'm just going to put someone there who I know is going to play a little bit for a bit of insurance. And then probably not worry too much about it. Alright, we did it. <laughs> Finally sat down and recorded the first pod of the year. It's been a long time coming, but... Uh, like I said earlier on when I talked about the James Harden uh, sweepstakes, I plan on doing more of these in 2021. I'm going to get my shit together a little I'll bit. I'll make sure of it. Yeah, I don't think... Uh, now, again, like I said, now we've got the ball rolling, I don't think it'll be hard to uh, to continue uh, stringing some together. You can tell I'm trying to do two things at once. All right, thanks for listening to this podcast. Uh, make sure you give a rating and review. Subscribe for the next couple. Uh, we'll be dropping a Fantasy Friday, Friday morning. How's your uh, Fantasy Basketball matchup? Uh, it's uh, I'm just getting scorned with these like COVID players. Oh yeah, you and, got Brad Beal, eh? Yeah, mate, and just I'm yeah, and for some reason I've just got no players playing this week, so I'm just gonna have to win the efficiency. In I reckon uh, next week we might do a little bit of a NBA fantasy dive. Yeah, I'll be back well. next week. Yeah, AFL, NBA fantasy. So. Here we go. All right, thanks for listening to this episode, guys. Uh, Till next time, uh, chip you in.